Hey guys, I just want to make a quick note before my interview with Victoria starts. Um, the sound quality might not sound as good, and that's because I was recording with Victoria remotely, so I, it basically was me filming our phone conversation. But nevertheless, it was a great conversation, and I hope you enjoy. If you don't mind, could you just kind of tell me a little bit about yourself? Like, where are you from? Um, kind of your background. Um, yeah, of course. So I am, yes, a senior soul cycle instructor. I'm an Under Armour athlete and the founder of Very Best Self. I'm originally from Columbia, Maryland. Um, live went to college in South Carolina. Uh, lived in Los Angeles for about five and a half years, moved to Washington, D.C., and then for the last five months, I am uh, currently now a New York City resident. What brought you to New York? Um, I was ready to change things up, but I needed a faster pace than Washington, D.C., so New York it was, because I didn't think I wanted to go back to L.A., so that just made the most sense. Did you like L.A.? I feel it, um, like some people either love New York and hate LA or the other way around? Um, I definitely love both for me. Um, I think I love both of them for way totally different reasons. Um, I think that it was really dependent for me upon like where I was in my life, um, in my journey. Um, and living in LA was exactly what I needed at that time in my life. And so now New York is what I need now. So it's, I, I have a love, a love relationship with both of them, both cities. And were, was sports always an integral part of your life? Oh yeah. I've been an athlete all of my life. Uh, growing up, I played volleyball, basketball, and lacrosse um, during high school. And then I would also was on the swim team in the summertime. Um, before that, I was a figure skater early, early on. Uh, so I've always been big into sports, solo sports or team sports, but I, I've always had an affinity for, for sports. Do you find kind of experiences in solo sports and team sports to be different? And did you prefer one over the other? I mean, I know like, for example, like figure skating gymnastics kind of has like a reputation of being really intense because you have all the pressure on yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, whereas like lacrosse, it's a lot of camaraderie and whatnot. Um, I think both are important. I think it's best. I think it's great to like, so I learned different things from, you know, being on solo, doing a solo sport and then also from being on a team sport. But it's kind of funny because now I feel like what I do for a living, like soul cycle is such a great merriment of like that solo thing and team thing happening at the same time, which is maybe why I never really thought about this before, <laughs> but maybe why I actually like love it so much because there is this moment where you're on the bike and you're like, you know, the instructor is, you know, guiding you to not compete with anyone else to take your own journey. But at the same time, the energy that you put out in the room is so contagious and the entire room kind of vibes off of each other's energy and then you move together as a pack, as one. So it's like this kind of really cool thing where it's like a solo sport and a team sport at the same time, which is like why I really love it. Yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense because you, you're competing against yourself, but like, and then you, but you have the the team of like a team sport. Team aspect. Yeah, yeah that's pretty cool. 
And what yeah, what attracts you to Soul Cycle as opposed to like all the other different types of, um, you know, exercise classes? Like, what was it about Soul Cycle that kind of got you hooked? Yeah. Um, well, it was completely on accident. <laughs> really? <laughs> as the best things in life are. Um, yeah, no, I just started working at the front desk at Soul Cycle, and I did not think that I wanted to become an instructor. It wasn't really on my list of things to do, per se. Um, but I was living out in L.A., and I thought, you know what, I could probably make a little bit more money um, as an instructor than I could working on the front desk, and I would still have, you know, a lot of free time. I wouldn't have to have a nine-to-five, you know, because I'm going to be 32 in December, and at this point in my life, I have never had a nine-to-five. And so I think that's something I'm really proud of. Uh, And so at the time, this was almost eight years ago, I was kind of at a crossroads in my life where, you know, I was like, I need to start making more money than I'm making right now. Uh, I wasn't quite sure how I wanted to do that. I really, truly did not want to get a nine to five, but there's just like this moment where you're like, okay, am I going to throw in the towel and essentially in my eyes give up and find something that I can do nine to five, or am I going to figure this out? And so for me, I was like, I'm going to figure it out. So I decided to become an instructor purely because I was like, I can make more money doing this and still have the freedom that I want to do what I want during the day. Um, And then it was like this really cool thing that happened because it was accidentally sort of on purpose, but accidentally you know, my life's purpose and calling. And when I stepped into it, it was like, oh, wow, nothing in my life has ever felt more right. And I'm where I'm supposed to be. And so you started when you were back in LA? Yeah. Yep. Okay. And so I guess that kind of leads me to my next question where, I mean, the first thing that comes to my mind um, when I think of Soul Cycle is like the community aspect of it compared to maybe uh-huh. like some other, um, you know, classes with instructors and whatnot so do you feel like that community aspect kind of when you came to New York and you may not have like known as many people I I mean I'm just making assumptions here but do you think that kind of gave you an automatic community to join yeah I mean I love the community aspect you know when I first started working at SoulCycle you know I think about who I was um, before I started working at SoulCycle. And I would be someone who would go to a workout. I would sign in at the front desk. I would go do my workout. I would mind my own business. I would do said workout and probably leave and not talk to anyone. Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of who I was. And it wasn't because I was, like, not a nice person or anything like that. I just, like, did not have any grasp or concept around making, making friends at my, the place I work out. It just, like, wasn't something that, like, I ever even considered. Um, But then working on the front desk was really when I kind of got that bird's bird's eye view. And I saw all these people making all of these friends and these connections. And it's like people were doing so much more than fitness. That's what I saw happening. It's like networking, but, like, in the greatest sense because, like, you can go to like a quote unquote networking event and like everybody knows it's like the worst thing ever. And I don't really truly think you make like real grounded connections when you go to a networking event versus when you're, you know, doing something like soul cycle where it's just like, 
all of a sudden everybody's on the same playing field. You know, you've got celebrities in the room and politicians in the room and all of these really, really important people in the room. And then like, it's just like suddenly everyone is equalized, you know? And so I think there's something really, really cool about that. Um, but so I watched that from the front desk standpoint and Mm -hmm. I saw people finding relationships, people finding jobs, people finding new best friends, people finding like, you know, all of these things. And I was like, wow, I never would have considered that. And so, you know, whenever I became an instructor, it was kind of like my forefront of everything that I wanted to do, wanted to do was build a strong community. And do you feel like once you became an an instructor, you kind of changed from being, I don't know, an observer to a leader? at all um in in a way yes um I think I've always been a leader I'm it's just sort of innately who I am I was you know in high school always the captain of whatever sports team I was on and you know it's just like a role that I feel comfortable in and something that I kind of naturally have always gravitated towards so um I think I definitely matured and I grew into like being myself more um, when I gave myself permission to be in that role uh, versus kind of like we make ourselves smaller all of the time to like try and make other people comfortable. But when your job is to literally be on a podium and command space to 60 plus people, you really don't have a choice. Like you have to do it. So, you know, I think it was always in me, but I think there was definitely a part of me that was trying to hide or mask that part of myself because it made other people feel uncomfortable. And it was so great to, to have a job that supported and not only supported, but celebrated me being like a leader, which is great. Did that kind of come more naturally once you started teaching more and more classes or was it something you picked up early on? I think it was something I really picked up early on. Um, You know, it's easy, I think, for a lot of instructors to get in their heads um, because one class doesn't go well or something didn't go right or you missed the set of jumps or, you know, just these silly things happen and then we get in our heads and we're like, oh, my God, everyone hates me. (laughs) Um, But, like, it's just, like, so not the case. And, like, you know, I think what what I learned – was that it just doesn't matter like you know I'll have some people I'll teach from the floor sometimes and I'll have somebody ride somebody else ride my podium who's not an instructor and I'll just tell them like by the way you can't mess it up just so you know like even when you do it doesn't matter and no one cares because it's the truth people are not like oh my god she cued those jumps wrong and never coming back like that's just not a thing you know so yeah it's like that I think in life too we get in our head about like these tiny little details that like really truly don't matter and it's like the whole world is not paying attention to it and just you are and it's like when you have like a pimple on your face and you think it's like this giant monstrosity and and most of the time like no one even no one else around you even notices it yeah and I guess yeah that makes a lot of sense too in I guess soul cycle because I mean it's dark and you're really the only judge in the room is yourself Mm -hmm. at the end of the day right what's your when's your birthday by the way uh, December 13th, coming up. Okay, so are you a Sagittarius? I am. Okay, known leaders. Yeah, this is true. That makes sense. Okay, I'm going to take a quick break, sense. and then I want to okay. kind of um, talk a little bit more about Very Best Self and kind of how that started. Okay. Okay, so I know you have 
very best self and you started it, but I don't know much about um, like the story behind it. So I was wondering if you could kind of explain to my listeners what very best self is, how it got started, um, and just more about it from your perspective. Sure. So very best self, uh, began as the VB squad, if you will. And I wish I knew who came up with that, but I actually have no idea. So it started back in Los Angeles. And so my initials, uh, I'm Victoria Brown and my initials are VB. So at some point, um, you know, there was, uh, a, a a group of people, um, and it was growing pretty rapidly, um, that would kind of come to a lot of my classes. And so the people in those classes became my friends and those people became friends with each other. And, and it just became this like group of people. And so someone started VB squad. (laughs) Uh, I wish I, I I still, I wish I knew who, who started it, but I don't. Um, and so I guess that would, that stood for Victoria Brown squad, if you will. Um, and then that kind of, when I left Los Angeles and I moved to Washington, D.C., the VB squad, you know, formed itself there. And there was, a, once again, a bunch of people who just all came together um, and became friends and supported each other through, you know, this journey called life that we're all going through, right? And... <clears throat> I always felt a disconnect with that name because it always made me feel like it was about me and it was centered around me. But like what I saw was about what was going on and what I saw around me really didn't have a whole lot to do with me. The reason that I felt so much joy around the BB squad and why it brought me so much happiness and fulfillment was because of the relationships that people were forming outside of the studio, beyond the bike, beyond the room, beyond fitness. And that was just like something that just really, really inspired me. And so I started doing events outside of the SoulCycle studio and I would bring people together. We would go to baseball games or I would host happy hours or get togethers. And, you know, it just, the bonds started to begin to be stronger. And what's so crazy is somehow like people from the east coast and the west coast started connecting as well and that was a really beautiful thing but as i said i always felt like it was never about me and so i wanted to change the name around vb squad and so really i sat down one day and i just looked at the initials and it was like vbs and i was like I don't know, or what, at first I was like, what can VB stand for? And then I saw VBS and I was like, what could that stand for? And then I thought, oh my gosh, it was like this giant aha moment where I was like, very best self. Like that's what we're all here doing anyways, is trying to find stronger versions of who we, of ourselves and who we already are. And it's just this like beautiful group of people who all like have just like loving hearts. I feel like that come together to find better versions of themselves. And so VB squad to me, once I saw that in, in the words, it was, then it was really born into something. And so I decided to launch the, uh, Instagram account and still I'm bringing people together. Uh, right now it's, it's, it's in back in the building phase, right? So I've been in New York for five months and I don't necessarily have a squad, if you will, but, um, you know, I'm just getting to know people and meeting people and introducing people to other people and, you know, hopefully in due time it will build out here as well. But, you know, it's it's the very best self squad. <laughs> I love that. So I saw one of the posts that talked a little bit about being the best version of yourself. So I was kind of wondering if you could explain what the best version of yourself means to you. The best version of yourself is is 
when we realize how good we got it. You know, it's like this constant journey that we're all on. And I think it's like a journey to self. It's a journey of positivity. It's a, a journey to just realize that like, Everyone goes through hard times. Everyone goes through difficult things that they have to navigate. But the truth is that you don't have to do that on your own. And, you know, it's like I say sometimes that, like, I'll teach to a room of 60 people. And I'm like, whatever it is that you're going through, I can promise you that there's a really, really, really high chance that there's at least one other person who's in the room, who's not only going through the same exact thing that you're going through, or has already gone through it and gotten to the other side of it. So it's just recognizing, you know, that we can become stronger and it doesn't have to happen on your own. Do you encourage your riders to talk to each other about like things that they may have in common and both be going through? Um, a lot of times in the beginning of class, I'll say, you know, introduce yourself to the person to the right of you or the left of you and uh, get to know someone new. And then I'll say, like, you know, if you if you see the same person, you come to the same time slot every week. Let's say Tuesday, Thursday, 530 is like your time slot. You always come to that same time slot. I'm like, chances are you're probably seeing someone else who also always comes to the t- same time slot. Next time you see them, say hi, introduce yourself, say what's up, you know. Um, and then I will do this thing too sometimes when, you know, after class, if I see two people and I know that they have something in common, I'll be like, Hey, this is so-and-so and that's so-and-so you guys should totally meet because you both, you know, go to the same school or you both, uh, whatever it is, you know? And I try to like do that as well, bring people together in that way. Yeah. I think that's super interesting because I mean, one thing that kind of inspired me to start this podcast to begin with was the, the fact that it's so ironic how so many people in New York feel so lonely all the time or so sad or whatnot, but they, and at the end of the day, everyone's feeling lonely. So we're all together in that loneliness. And I just think that, yeah. And as you said, with different kind of problems and someone else going through the same thing, but it's kind of hard to get that conversation started. So it's really cool that you're kind of lighting the spark that initiates it. Thank you. Yeah, I love that. I think it's so true. We we get stuck in our own heads and we just like sometimes we just have to like wake up and remind ourselves like to get out of our head and out of our own way. You know, it's like it's just so much easier to sit in a space where we feel like we're the only one who's going through what we're going through. It's just easier. Right. It Mm -hmm. takes work and it takes courage and it takes strength and it takes like a lot of like you know, a willingness to be bold, to, to recognize that you're like not alone and there's other people out there are going through the same thing. And like, you don't have to feel the way that you feel sometimes, you know? And like, also that it takes work to not feel that way. And people are, I think oftentimes like afraid of the work. So it's cool to know that there's other people there to kind of pull you through it. What would you describe as that type of work? You know, I think problems don't always solve themselves. So like right now what I'm doing is I recently hired a career coach. So I'm doing like a three month program where it's like getting back in touch with myself. And, and, and it's so, so it's been so mind blowing and like helpful to have someone to sort of keep me accountable. Right. Because it's so easy to beat ourselves up. Right. I am like the first to tell you 
that I'm like so fall victim to the blame and the shame game where I'm like telling myself that I'm not good enough and this like really negative self-talk, right? Yeah. And so, you know, I just started with this career coach and it's funny because a lot of the times when I sit down and I, I talk with her, it's like she's not telling me anything that's like groundbreaking most of the time. It's not usually something that like I've never heard before. But it's made a world of difference and really gotten me out of, like, certain funks that I've been in to turn over a new leaf and, like, I don't know, just having that person to, like, check in with and, like, hold me accountable. And that's been just, like, really life-changing. And it's small tweaks, I think, that we do to pull ourselves out of it. Um, But you can't, you know, continue to do the same things all the time and expect different results, right? That's the definition of of insanity. So you've got to, like, step outside of yourself and recognize that, like, when something is not working and decide that you need to do something different. Yeah, it is kind of crazy how negative we speak to ourselves and I know that's something that my therapist once said like would you speak to your friends the way you speak to yourself and it's just crazy to think about and it's kind of cool that so much of what you do is literally just giving people motivation saying things like positive things either like the right at the beginning of the day or right when they leave work like probably the two times that they're most miserable you know and Mm -hmm. That's, I think that's just a really kind of great – Not opportunity is not the right word, but it must be really rewarding is kind of what I'm thinking. It is. I really do really, really love what I get to do um, and call it work. It's still, you know, kind of blows my mind every day. Uh, yeah, so. How do you um, think of the things to say each um, class? I used to – plan it. I used to plan it. Oh man, when I was first starting out, I would have like a million sticky notes, uh, post-it notes all over my computer, like, and they'd be all over the keyboard and I'd have these little notes and I would walk up to the keyboard and I would look at these notes to inspire my message for the day. And, um, now I don't do that anymore. I don't plan it at all. It's a couple different things. One, I'm inspired by the podcast I'm listening to, or I'm inspired by, Um, you know, the book that I'm reading or, you know, something I saw on my way to work or I'm inspired by, I love getting to know the people that come and take my classes. So I noticed that like, there's a definite difference in how great a class can be when I know someone's story and I can like speak, you know, a lot of times people are like, it felt like you were talking to me today. I (laughs) promise you a lot of times it's because I probably am. You know, like when I know somebody's going through something tough, like I can really pull from that because, you know, I feel their pain or their struggle or their story or their triumph. Um, and, and it's easy to talk about those kind of things when you're kind of being present and in the moment and really like thinking about what's actually happening. And then I would say the third thing is that I pull from is my own life experience. So like, if I am walking into the room and today I'm heartbroken because, you know, whatever happened in life and, and dating is hard and life is hard and, you know, I, I'm feeling heartbroken, then, like, I'm probably going to talk about heartbreak and how to grow from that. And, like, you know, I'll get my own self-talk going um, and my own pep talk. And a lot of times, as I said before, like, the message that you need to hear is also something someone else needs to hear. So, Yeah, and it must feel more authentic that way if you're – kind of feeling the emotions 
totally. about it yourself yeah, rather. It's, it's really easy to talk about self, you know, life experience. Yeah. Do you have any kind of, uh, any stories or moments that stick out as memories or, um, I don't know, just something inspiring that or a favorite triumph you saw with for someone or a favorite moment you have or just an example? One of the, I mean, I think the strength of community was really like in such a major way. And it's just off the top of my head. I don't know why this is the thing that came into my head, but the strength of community really was shown to me and felt so powerful for some reason, you know, I, I, my, my dog, my childhood dog, it was, she was 21 years old and she passed away and it was like, I just took it so, so hard. Like my whole childhood, my, that dog was there, you know? And Mm -hmm. I remember that I had to come into work and I had to teach and, you know, I wasn't going to call out of work and be like, it just felt like that would be silly. Like, no, I'm going to go to work. And I think I maybe said like four words the entire class. Like it was dead silent in the room. And it was this, it was such a beautiful thing because I was going through something and the community was so strong that I felt free and I felt safe to be myself. I felt like I didn't have to put on an act. I felt like I could just, I wasn't interested in speaking a whole lot. And so I just didn't. And it was so powerful for me to feel like I had this incredible community who really got me and they were going to show up in the good days and the bad days and like they weren't just showing up for me they were showing up for each other and like it was just this beautiful thing and then like I think it was one of the only times like one of the few times that I also like during the stretch I finally like spoke a lot Mm -hmm. really like let it out and then I was just like sobbing on the microphone but like it was fine because it was like this free space to just like be who I am and like that was just a really beautiful thing I loved that yeah, in a way, it's like a very unique form of almost therapy, like movement therapy and speaking and just kind of how you get in that zone and everything all combined. That's really cool. Yeah, it is this kind of like perfect storm, to be honest. It really is. And I think it's the reason why Soul Cycle is what it is today and why it's had so much success is because there is something really, truly magical about a dark room, candlelight loud music space to like feel space to be and especially if you find like an instructor that you connect with where they create that space for you where you feel like you can just sort of like be wrapped in this like blanket where you're just like like someone's got you you know Mm -hmm. and and there's a party section where you're having fun but then like you're just taking on this like kind of journey where you just like find this release that you might have never expected that you would find that's beautiful. I, I feel like I need to go to a class now. <laughs> yeah, girl. I'm, I'm definitely like remembering times that I've I've gone to a class and just kind of had that almost like spiritual moment. Would you say you're a spiritual person at all, or like absolutely, absolutely, yeah? Do you think it's um not like a prerequisite for soul cycle, but do you think it kind of helps or like they're connected? Yeah, I think if you're grounded in who you are and your goal is to create space for people to be comfortable being who they are 
no matter what walk of life, you know, where they come from, where they were raised, who they are, how much money they have in their bank account, like, none of that shit matters, who they love, it doesn't matter, but I think if you're, like, truly secure, I think, in yourself and, and, and your journey spiritually, uh, I think it's kind of like a pathway to give that to other people, and to, you know, they say, what is it that they say all the time, that when you are unapologetically yourself, you give people permission to be themselves as well so you know holding that space for yourself allows you to hold it for other people i love that i'm going to take another quick break and then i'm going to ask you the final questions okay so before we end i'm just going to ask you roughly six questions um to because i like asking these deep questions to end my episodes Mm -hmm. okay so the first is What's one thing in your life that's happened to you that's made you a stronger person today? Um, This time last year, I ended up in the hospital um, kind of out of the blue. Uh, And I had some, like, severe chest pain and didn't really – the doctors didn't really know what was going on with me. And they thought it was a whole bunch of really scary stuff. And, you know, not knowing – what was going on I was ended up and I had pneumonia uh and so I was in the hospital for 17 days and that was by far and away the craziest thing and uh as I said the doctors thought that I had cancer or I had a whole bunch of different things and they had to run all these tests and they just couldn't figure out for a while what was really wrong or what was going on um and that really showed me kind of the value of life um it gave me an awakening to that I've always been you know, pretty spiritual person and really I've always been pretty good at being present and, you know, just being grateful for things. Mm -hmm. But when your health is in question, you kind of have to gain this like whole brand new perspective. Um, And whenever I was out of the hospital, there was a road to recovery still for me and I wasn't able to teach and I wasn't able to work out. Um, And that's what I love to do and what I do for a living. And I simply wasn't able. Um, So I had this cavitation in my lung, which caused me, you know, I had to really gain my strength back. And so I would say that that was kind of a pivotal thing that happened to me. It was a year ago and it really, really set me on this journey to finding myself in a way that I did not know that I needed. And so, you know, first I feel like I took an inventory on all of my friendships and, you know, who was in my life for the right reasons and, uh, it just kind of went on from there. And then I started going to therapy for the first time in my life um, and gained so much perspective on life from that too. And so I just really went on this kind of deep dive journey of self. Uh, and that was like the worst, greatest thing that ever happened. Was the Soul Cycle community there for you when you were in the hospital? Totally. totally. Yeah. The VB squad was there. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you're doing better. That's terrifying, but. Thank you. Yeah, at least, it was. It at was least really, you really see some sim- silver lining. Yes. Okay. Do you believe everything happens for a reason? <laughs> yes, because I was just about to say everything happens <laughs> for a reason. Um, you know. One thing that I say a lot in my soul cycle classes, and I actually truly, truly believe, is that everything always works out, even when it doesn't. I'll say it again. Everything always works out, even when it doesn't. Right? So, mm-hmm. 
things go wrong, relationships don't work out, you get fired from your job. And in the moment, it is the worst thing that happened. I've been fired from jobs. I have obviously had my heart broken, you know, and it's the worst. It's the worst thing. But there's eventually, whether it takes you years or months or days, whatever it is, but like there's a certain period of time that goes by. And at a certain point, you find yourself thinking, well, thank God that thing happened or else I never would have had this perspective on life or I never would have felt this way. You know, you don't know what success, you can't appreciate success until you know failure. You cannot know what love is when it walks into your life if you don't know what heartbreak is and I also always say like how can you truly appreciate the view from the top of the mountain if you've never fallen to the bottom so I give thanks for all of my rock bottoms and do think that everything does happen for a reason absolutely I love that I was gonna ask what your favorite quote was is it what you said earlier which one um that the, the I mean, one I would, you repeated. So I, I would say that, oh, I have that one, yes. Um, I do love that one. Everything happens for, for a reason, or everything works out even when it doesn't. Yeah, but yeah. I would say that my most known quote um, would be, dig deeper, go higher. Mm-hmm. So kind of my understanding of that, I just started saying it in classes, you know, dig deeper if you want to go higher. And I realized that, if you look at the tallest skyscraper in New York City, how did they start it? How did they begin? What did they do first? They dug down deep into the center of the earth and they built the foundation. And the higher the skyscraper, the stronger and the deeper like the foundation has to be. And mm-hmm. so you don't see that. You can't see that foundation. So you have to be okay with doing the work and not being seen. And for a long time, before you build it up to something that the whole world can see and look up at, you know? And so really, I mean, just dig deeper if you want to go higher. I love that. That's, I mean, it reminds me of a little bit of something my dance teacher used to say, like you have to push down to go up. Yeah. Similar, I guess, but. That's Very cool. similar. Yeah, totally. You got to get grounded and rooted in what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If a crystal ball could tell you anything about your family, yourself, your future, or anything else, what would you most want to know? Hmm. Uh, well, I wouldn't want to know anything. <laughs> yeah, I think that I, yeah, I get stuck with that one. You know, it's like, it's like you think you would, but like, I don't think so. I think if it was really right in front of me, I'd be like, this is, this is a trick. I'm not going to fall for this trick. I'm not going to. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't want to know how, how the book ends, you know? <laughs> I'm, I'm in the, you don't want to read the last page of the chapter before you, you know, read the beginning. You know, it's all, they say it's about the journey, not the destination. So. Yeah, it kind of goes against, uh, it almost goes against or contradicts everything happening for a reason if, you kind of can manipulate fate. Yeah. Ways. So I think I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to know. I would say no, thanks. Hard pass. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What do you love most about yourself? Oh, geez. What do I love <laughs> most about myself? Um, you know, I think, I think I, I know the answer to that question. I'm super positive. And, you know, I had someone message me the other day on Instagram and they, they were like, I watch your stories all the time. Are you really this positive all the time? And like, 
I kind of am. I definitely, like, as I said before, I have, you know, some negative self-talk and I have, you know, I blame myself or shame myself for sure. I think everybody does that. But like overall, I'm a pretty, really, really positive person. Um, I like to find the best in other people. I like to find the best in situations. Um, I really think that we get one life and that's it. And I think maybe it has to do with, you know, when I was in third grade, my aunt passed away and she was only 19 years old. And it was this kind of like really devastating thing that happened in my family. And I think it really just showed me at a super young age how precious life is. And I'm just a really positive person because, you know, like, what's the point of, you know, being negative all the time? It could all be over tomorrow. And then what does it matter? You know? Yeah. That's a, I mean, a beautiful quality and also just a beautiful thing to be proud of. I think it's what I've noticed is just the, whenever I ask people this question, they find it so hard to think of something despite having just told me about like all these incredible things they've done. And it's sad that we can't like recognize how great we all are and like our own worth. Um, But it's a great question. And my final question, which is the name of the podcast, is in one sentence, how do you find solace in the city? Like, what brings you peace here? Solace in the city. Man, I want to say something super profound to close it out, but... (laughs) It could be soul cycle, I mean. (laughs) I think it's just finding time for myself. You know, uh, there's a really... I think there's a balance, and so we have, like, if you want to get astrological with it, you know, we have our sun and we have our moon, so there's, like, kind of this this balance about ourselves where we need fun and we need play, but we also need, you know, quiet and being alone, and I think it's about finding that balance, and, you know, outwardly, I think people would look at my Instagram or they would meet me in person and they would think that, like, I'm super want to be out all the time and bubbly and party and it's just not the case you know I'm I am such in a major in such a major way I really am uh, kind of an introvert so that's what brings me solace in the city is carving out time to be by myself and to cook meals alone and to write in my gratitude journal and that's that's it yeah making time for me and not feeling bad about it amazing well, thank you so much for taking the time uh, for me and speaking with me on the phone and answering these questions. Um, of course. Where can everyone follow you, follow the BB Squad, um, take your class, anything? You can join the BB Squad because everyone's invited and everyone's included. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it can, uh, you can find me, let's see, on Instagram at... I'm Victoria Brown. So that's the letter I, the letter M, Victoria Brown. You can find me at Soul Cycle in New York City at 19th Street, Nomad, Hudson Yards, and the NoHo Studio 12 times a week, typically. So uh, there's a time slot for everybody. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, so, yeah, thank you so much for everything. And uh, yeah, you're great. Thanks so much for having me. Yep.